Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. Anyway, go with me to 2 Timothy. And, oh, I almost forgot. Um, I want to sing a song. I want to make you guys help me. Uh, I'm not going to make you stand up or anything if you won't, don't want to, but I want to sing a song. And I think we'll have the words and everything up there too, right, on this video. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Will you sing this? Will you sing this with me? And I'll... I'll come over here as you turn to Second Timothy. This is a song that probably some of you know, maybe some of you don't. So Provided 
Is he faithful? Is he faithful? I'm excited because it, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and this is, this is uh, in this letter, he, he tells them to remind the people of God of something. And this is what he says. Here's what I want you to remind them. And he says this, here's a saying that is trustworthy. Don't you like trustworthy things? Here's a trustworthy saying. He says this, if we have died with him. Now, now let's, let's, let's rewind to last week just for a second. How many know that Jesus died? He died taking all of our sin and our shame. And, and when he died, what the scripture tells us as, as believers, as, as people who have surrendered our life to Christ, that when he was buried, we are buried with him. That's why baptism, which is we talked about at the end of last week, is such a powerful symbol of being buried with Christ. But what it tells us here is that if, if we have died with him, this is what it says, we also live with him. Is that exciting or what? Like, like think about this. Jesus rose from the dead. This is no small thing this morning. Like, can you imagine? It blows my mind. If, if we were driving by the graveyard that's over here in Green Forest and we saw someone popping up out of a grave, it would freak us out. And here's Jesus. He is risen from the dead with, with all of the power of God. And what this is telling us is, is if we have died with Christ, we also live in Him. That's exciting. And so on days where I'm having just a really crummy day, I can be like, you know what? I die with Christ, but I live in Him too. And it says this. It says, this is part of this trustworthy saying. It says, if we endure, how many know how to endure? How many have had to endure? How many have gone through things and you're like, okay, I'm enduring right now. I don't feel like it. I don't want to make, I don't want to do another step. I don't want to go another lap. I'm enduring. But this is what it says. It says, if we endure, we will also reign with him. Now those are two really different things too. Like, 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 like dying with Christ and living with Christ, those seem like very different things. But enduring through hardship, enduring through life, and reigning with Christ, if I endure, then I will reign with Him. Reign with Christ. How many know that Christ reigns over all things? Over all things. And if you don't, and this is what I highly encourage you to do, just jump over into Revelation sometimes when you're having a bad day and, and, and take a look at the last guy to have a vision of Jesus, to see Jesus. Look at John's account of what Jesus looks like. I'm going to tell you folks, he reigns. He reigns. And so if we endure, it tells us that we will reign with him. And this is what it says, though. It kind of takes a turn. It says, but if we, if we deny him, he will also deny us. That, that's kind of a dark turn there in this. But, but you realize what changed there wasn't God it was us like if if we die with him we'll live with him if we endure we'll reign with him but if we deny him it says that he will deny us and then it goes on to say this if we are faithless he remains faithful he cannot deny himself and and what this tells me and this, what's so encouraging in this to me is it doesn't matter how screwed up or messed up I get or how much I'm like, eh, God, you kind of let me down. It, my opinion of what God has or hasn't done doesn't change who He is. And if I lose all of my faith and I doubt everything He's ever done, it doesn't change the fact that He is faithful. I've seen so many people, they walk away from faith like, well, God, He just hasn't been good enough for me. Can I tell you this morning that it does, you, your opinion, if you are faithful are faithless, he will remain faithful. He cannot deny who he is. He cannot deny his own character. And he is faithful. And, it, and, and, it, and if I had time, and maybe, oh well, I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Of, of the number of testimonies of the time and time again that God has been faithful, even in like, not just the big things. I, like yesterday, we're, we're driving, or it was the day before yesterday, we hopped in the car to drive to Oklahoma City to see my wife's family. 
And, and it was a lot of fun hanging out with her family, but I just really don't enjoy road trips, you know, like it was going to be their like quick and back trip. So 10 out of 24 hours are going to be spent in a car and I'm just not about it. Um, but, but as we're driving down the road, just, just to see my wife's family, I, I look around in the car and I, I'm just seeing my family and I just think God is so faithful to me. Like, like he's been such a blessing to me, but but even if my family was a complete wreck, God is still faithful. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, either way. But He is faithful. I, I just, I told Erin what I was talking about, and she kind of turned up. She said, you know, I remember the time when um, there was this big tree in our backyard, and a storm came through, and it knocked over this tree, and it, it plowed over our fence, and it knocked out our electrical, and it crushed my pickup truck. Like, it was, it was crazy. Bart had to help us out in that, that situation, which, thank you, Bart. My goodness. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a mess. And, and it, it didn't knock out just our power, but power to the whole neighborhood. But they came and they fixed the neighborhood's power, but ours, because ours was the direct hit, it was going to take it a minute. And, and I remember my, my wife was pregnant, and she was always craving um um what is that um cheesecake cheesecake she was craving cheesecake all the time all the time my goodness i mean i literally went to walmart one night and bought cheesecake in the middle of the night um i figured the least i could do i get you in this situation um <laughs> just don't be mad i just here's the but i remember like like our neighbors like in our neighborhood coming around and 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 our neighbor behind us like was like we she found a long extension cord and ran it from her house to our refrigerator and then the other neighbors coming over and they brought this cooler just full of groceries these these weren't even the people of like our church helped us out but these weren't even people that went to our church and they brought over this cooler and they opened up and there on top was a cheesecake and Aaron just cried, and, and, and like we were stressed out. We didn't know like how we were going to take care of this, whatever. And, and God was faithful. Like He was faithful in a small thing. And and that, and then and then a year ago when my dad went through his heart surgery, and we were freaked out. But God was faithful in that. That was a big, enormous thing, you know. And and in the small and in the big, to find out God, you're faithful. And um, if you haven't figured out this morning, I'm preaching on the faithfulness of God. Um, he is faithful. Um, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. This is, this is the run-up to Hebrews chapter 11, which we spent a couple months on. Oh, there's one right behind me. In Hebrews chapter 10, let's, let's start in verse, um, man, it's all so good. Uh, we, let's start in, in, in verse 19. It says, it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. You've got to stop for a second, because listen, this is a group of people who grew up under this, this reality that they weren't allowed to get close to God. They grew up in a reality that, that if you wanted to get close to God, you had to have this big sacrifice. And then when you walked into the temple, like, like if you weren't a Jew, you could only go so far. And if, you, if you're a woman, you could only go so far. And if you weren't a priest, you could only go so far. And even if you weren't a priest, you weren't allowed to get in behind the curtain where God, His presence was because you had to be really clean and really, really pure. And this curtain was this dividing the separating wall between the pureness and holiness of God and really knowing Him and the rest of mankind. So even a priest couldn't just casually walk into this presence. That's the reality they live in. And so that, all, knowing that right there makes this passage makes more sense because he says, 
because we have confidence to enter the holy, pl- the holy place, the place that no one's supposed to go besides the most holy of priests. We now have confidence to enter that place. How? By the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is no small thing. This is by the new and living way that opened for us uh, that opened for us the curtain, that dividing wall, that curtain that is his flesh, Jesus' flesh that was broken for us. It says, since we have a great priest over the house of God, what he's saying is that the priest that gets us in is Jesus himself. We, you don't need anybody else to get you in close to God besides Jesus. And, and that's an important thing to realize because some of us, we feel like God is so far away sometimes. And I'm going to tell you, he's not. The blood of Jesus draws you in. God is not trying to be some distant thing in your life. He's your Father. And He's drawing you in. He's drawing you in this morning. And that's what it says here. It says, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. He's he's daring you to come closer to God. He's challenging you to come closer to Him. He said, let's draw near with full assurance of faith. But what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not clean enough? It says that our hearts are sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It's talking about by by the blood of Jesus. Verse 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Why? Because he who is promised is faithful. I'm not good enough. Do you realize what you're saying? Like, what is this promise he was talking about? The promise he was talking about is the blood of Jesus is good enough to get you in. It is purifying for your life to get you in close to God. And he who promised that, he's faithful. He wants you to have sure, full assurance of faith to be able to boldly go in. And this is what I love the most. Verse 24. This is my great. You, some of you guys like to stir stuff up. And we're always having to get on you all the time. Well, here's permission to stir something up. Verse 24, let us consider how to stir up one another. What? To love and good works. To love and good works. And verse 25, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What's... What's so, so great in this passage is this is one of those passages which encourages believers to come together. And some people are like, well, I don't think, like, I'm a Christian, but I don't have to go to church. Well, I mean, there's lots of verses in there that kind of says that you do. This is one of them that says, like, don't forsake coming together. Why? So you can stir each other up. So you can encourage each other. And that and most of the New Testament was written to, you know, local church bodies. But that's another sermon for another time. But what it says is the whole reason that we come together, and can I tell you this? The whole reason I really would love to get some of you guys in discipleship is so that I can look you in the face and stir you up a little bit. I'd really like to get in your business. Not, not for the drama and all that. I really want you to look a whole lot more like Jesus. I want to, I want to provoke you to good works, is what it says in some translations. I'm, I can't wait to provoke you. I want to stir you up. To love and good works. And this is what's, what, what hits me here in this passage and in the next passage we're going to read. Because it says, it says, all the more as you see, the day is drawing near. And that the day is the capitalized day. The day when Christ will return. Jesus is coming back. I, I don't like, don't ask me what my eschatology is or my view on the end times, I don't know how it all works out. I, I know what I think, but most of the time when people ask you about what you think about end times, I just want to debate you on something anyway. I'm not about it. I, I, I know one thing. I know Jesus is the way. He died and rose from the dead, and he is returning. And what this says is that as, as believers, we're supposed to get together and encourage each other and stir each other up to good works, even more so as the day is drawing near. As it's closer today than it was when this was written, when Jesus will return. 
And we have to live our lives. And what you'll see when we meet together on, on January 19th, that that's one of the big things that we believe in this church is that Jesus is coming back. And what will he find? Will he find us being faithful? And that's what's so crazy. This is a passage about God's faithfulness too. And when he's saying it is, it's basically like, like do you realize like whatever you, we say it like this, whatever you behold in God, you become in character. I like to say whatever you look at is what you become like. And we see this with, with when people start hanging out with someone. We realize they, they start saying the things those people say and doing the things those people do. And, and I didn't realize it, it was happening around here until we got a few years in. And sometimes when people say things you know, from the microphone or do things, I'm like, that's something I've said for a long time. And it's like maybe I should be more careful about the things I say. Um, it happens. It happens with our cliques. It happens with our groups. But it happens when we look at God. And if the more we'll look at Him, and that's why, that's why John 15 is such a, a foundational thing. And, and I'll just warn you, and when we disciple you, that's where we start is John 15 is to abide in the vine, to sit with the Lord, to get into Jesus. If we abide in the vine, then we'll become more like Jesus. And the, if I spend every day more and more in here, I'm going to become more like God. And if I can look at the faithfulness of God, I will become more faithful. And this is why it's so important. It's more important for us to be faithful now. And I'm not just talking about being faithful to church. That's what this sermon is about. This is about the faithfulness of God. But the more I look at the faithfulness of God, the more I become faithful, which is really important as Jesus is about to return. Turn with me to... Um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Are you guys okay this morning? God is faithful. He is good. I'm going to get a drink of water here. First Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to go, we're going to start in verse, uh, we're going to start in verse 9. It says, we must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents. Now, it's talking about, remember when we were talking about the children of Israel wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years? They got delivered from Egypt, right? And, and they were supposed to go in the promised land, but they had some issues, and not a lot of faith, and so they didn't get to to um, they didn't get to see what God really had for them. They ended up having some problems with some serpents, and they ended up grumbling. It says in chapter ten, and then some of them don't grumble. Some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Verse eleven says, "Now these things happened to them as an example." How many know there's weird stuff in the Old Testament? How I many know it's there as an example, right? The Old Testament was the word of God that the New Testament Christians had early on. And it's there as an example. So we must put, not put Christ to the test. We must not grumble. Verse 11, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. This is, this is a, a, a passage of caution. To, to be really careful where you are. To really take a humble look at what you're doing. But then it says this in verse 13. Because how I many know temptation is out there? Okay, Jamie's the only one that gets tempted in here. That ain't even true. I've talked to some of you on the phone this week. There should have been at least three more amens that I know of. <laughs> I didn't even talk to Jamie this week. No temptation has taken you that is not common to man. This is kind of encouraging to me. Do you realize that anything that you've been tempted with, there's, there's been a man or woman of God who's been tempted with that same thing, and they overcame. 
And we have self-pity ourselves like, well, I can't do it. I'm going to give in. Come on. There's no temptation that has taken you. But what is common to man, and this is what I love, God is faithful. And He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Remember, we talked about endure just a little bit ago, right? That if you can endure, you'll do what? You'll reign with Christ. And here's the thing about God is God is so for you. He is so on your side that when temptation comes up, because here's the thing, it, it says in the beginning of this is that you don't need to put God to the test, but it also tells us other places in Scripture is that God's not going to test you like that. Like, like, He doesn't tempt you, but do you know what He does do? He, with the temptation, He provides a way of escape because He's so for you, because He is so faithful. He wants you to get through this. And it puts all the blame back on us, though, if we don't take the exit. Right? We have exits in here. If something went down and you didn't get out, we have an exit sign there, an exit sign there. If the power goes out, guess what? Our insurance companies want those exit signs to stay on because they want you to be able to get out. There's a way of escape, but we just have to take it. And then it says in verse 15, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. There's, there's been so many times in my life where, where I tried to blame everything else for all the problems I was going through. And the easy thing, what I felt in the moment to make myself feel better was to give in to whatever, whatever temptation was coming at me. And the God who is rich in mercy and the rich in love had, had provided a way out the whole time because He is faithful. Even in this passion, it talks to us as people who, it says that we're people who live at the end of the ages. Like we're people who live waiting on Christ to return. Even in this passage, it says that. And even here, the way we endure is through the faithfulness of God. And this is this is the point where like like I remember I remember the moment in junior high where I truly surrendered my life to Christ. And it and it changed who I was. And I remember like the typical high school thing, people inviting you to parties and people inviting you to do all this stuff, you know, and and you're tempted to give in, you're tempted to do it, you know. But you're like, no, that's, that's not who I am, right? I'm a child of the king. I reign with Christ. Christ wouldn't do that. Somebody would said, well, uh, like, isn't Christian just about, like, not partying and drinking and stuff like that? That's not what we're about. So you can party and drink? Uh, come on now. Let's have a <laughs> yeah, we're having a party. Um, well, what kind of party? We'll come find out. Um, but, but, but all this, the, the temptations that come on a typical teenager, and, and because, especially at that part of my life, I was so close to Christ, it was so easy just to say no to all that. Until, like, and the days came when my parents, man, I fought with my parents so bad as a teenager, and it was just because I was a teenager, I thought I knew everything, right? Um, and they were just convinced that I was a bad kid sometimes, you know? And I was a bad kid sometimes. Um, and I would just get so angry with my parents, because I was like, here I am, I'm this really great kid, and my parents, they just think I'm awful. 
because of this. And it was just we were in the middle of a fight or something. But you know how angry you get and those irrational thoughts that go on when you're so angry sometimes? And I remember getting just so mad. I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm going to the party. And I'm, I'm just going to get smashed. I'm doing it. Because if my parents think that I'm this bad anyway, I'm just going to be this bad. And I, I can't tell you like, like how many times, how many times like in those moments and that anger where the faithfulness of God would just destroy my heart. Like, like yeah, my parents might be jacked up, but what... What has Jesus ever done to hurt me? When has Jesus ever not been faithful? And I think, I think if we can really get an idea and really get our eyes on the faithfulness of God, that that helps us walk through so much temptation way easier. Because you're like, yeah, I could give in to this, but, but what has Jesus ever done? Besides, die for this sin that I'm thinking about doing. That I should walk through it again. He is faithful. He is faithful. Even in the forgiving of our sin, He is just faithful. And, and His faithfulness doesn't make me want to go out and do more sin because I know He's faithful and will forgive me. It humbles my heart in a way. And I just want to live for Him all the more. And I would say, if, if this morning you struggle with this sin, do you have your eyes on His faithfulness this morning? Do you have this eyes on the faithfulness in your life? Can I tell you, the people around you, they're messed up. They're people. And they will fail you. Even the most faithful people will let you down. And you cannot, we, we as men and women of God can't let the people close to, to us become God for us. Because then when their faith wrecks, then our faith wrecks. What if tomorrow you found out I was some terrible person? I'm not. And I had some deep, dark thing going on in my life. It if that wrecked your faith, that meant that I was more of your God than God was. We have to put our eyes on the faithfulness of God in, in all things. Um, I'll just read this to you. I think this is wonderful in 2 Thessalonians 3. It just shows how good God is. It just says, but the Lord is faithful and He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. It reminds me of Jeremiah 29, 11. He, you know, the Lord has a hope and a future for you. And He wants to go, establish you and guard you against the evil one. Because He is faithful. I, I love it because um, Paul, he, he really, he really, um, don't excuse me. He was really excited about the faithfulness of God um, a lot. And you have to imagine he, he really got it because... Um, um, but, but Paul, here's a guy who like... Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine living a life where, where your life's work was to throw Christians in prison and see them put to death and then God getting a hold of your heart you have an encounter with Jesus Christ and it changes you in such a way that you realize that that these were your brothers and sisters and like just just how jarring that would be to finally see Jesus and realize just you weren't just wrong. You were just so wrong. Like none of us, none of us here today when we gave our life to Christ had to walk in a room of Christians and feel bad because we'd been killing some of you. 
And that's, that's, where, that's where Paul finds himself. And so when he writes these letters to the churches, it's out of full love and humility and out of so much gratitude of the faithfulness of God. And he, he writes in his, in his opening letter to the Corinthians. I think we're in Corinthians, aren't we? Let's flip over to the beginning of this. And his, as he's opening, talking to them. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. He says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. That in every way you were enriched in Him in all speech and all knowledge. Like, like, can we get a hold of that for a minute? Like, like, Jesus Christ, He enriches us in all speech and all knowledge. That's almost like a, a, a test, a litmus test for your life to know if you're, you're a believer or not. Like, is my life being enriched by Jesus Christ in my speech and in the things that I know? It says, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is where we, like, like God does not want you lacking in any gift. And, you know, that's part of the reason, if you read the rest of Corinthians, that's part of the reason He wants us to come together because we're many parts but one body. And you have a gift, and you have a gift, and you have a gift, and you have a gift. But He doesn't want you to be lacking in any gift. It says, as we wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. There again, there's... Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And this is what he says. Who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The only way we're sustained from now to the day Jesus Christ is through the faithfulness of our Lord. Can I tell you something that's really great though? He's the same yesterday, today, and, and forever. His word does not change. He is faithful. He is faithful. And, and, and please don't take this this morning as, you know, Pastor Drew just went through the Bible and found all the places where the word faithful appears, and now he's preaching that to us. Because that's not what I did, because it would be a much longer sermon. But what I see again and again and again, Again in scripture is this Jesus is coming and God is faithful and he will sustain us not just so that we'll survive to the end but so that we be enriched so that we will reign so that we'll be victorious in Christ until Jesus appears and that's exciting to me that makes my heart like rise up in the morning and like God you are good you are faithful and I I, I think like faithfulness is kind of a hard thing for us too as, as people because it is the most underrated quality about someone that we can appreciate because it's so boring. Faithfulness is so boring because it just means you just keep being faithful. They, like if you know a person who's faithful, like some people are like, I haven't seen in a long time and like, what are you up to? I'm like, well, I'm teaching at Berryville and I'm pastoring the church. Still? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm faithful at it. You know, it's, it's, it's where I'm supposed to be, you know. Now, if God called me to do something else, see you guys, I'd go, right? But he hasn't. So I'm here. And it just is like, okay, but we can like, like when someone in our life is faithful, you can, you can be like dismissive of that. Like you can just take it for granted, because they're so consistent and they're always there and they're faithful in your life. And yet, when your life falls apart, you're super grateful for the faithful people in it. We're really glad that they're not flitty and here and there and everywhere all the time. Yes, ma'am.
Wow. That's incredible. Yay, God. I will say, that's the only part of Scripture where God says to test him. I know I said God said we're not to test him, but that's, that's one area he says, test me. Test me. God is faithful. Um, this is the beginning of the letter to the Corinthians. Let's look at the end of the letter to the Thessalonians. Because we'll, we're going to see something similar. I don't know if we'll be able to find Thessalonians. Here it is. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I just want to once again say this is talking about Jesus' coming, and may God keep you pure, which is what we started this whole thing with. Like, like, you are pure, not because you're something great, but because God is faithful and He provided a way through the blood of Jesus Christ. It says, keep you blameless at the coming of Jesus Christ. It says this, He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. He will keep you. Like, like I, some of us sometimes are like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. But, but how many know God has called you? If, if you're a believer... If you're walking with God, God has called you. You have been called, and He will keep you blameless. Because He is faithful, He will surely do it. But I keep messing up. I'm going to tell you something. Remember that whole sermon series on faith? Thanks, Mom. Mom remembers. Um, I'm always going to give you guys a hard time when only one person responds. It's always going to happen. Um, God is faithful. Listen, he, even the faith we have is a gift of faith that He gives us. And He is faithful. He will keep us. He will surely do it. It turns out it's not about how great you are. But you know what? The more you look at His faithfulness, the faithfulness of the Father, the more you're going to become like Him in your own character. This is what it says in 2 Timothy 2, 2. It says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That there's something about this transference of like, like, like whenever you're trying to disciple other people, look for the faithfulness of God. That's like the characteristic in their life that you need to look for. Like, are they people who are faithfully walking with God? And then entrust them with the things that God has taught you. And, and that would be something I would challenge you with in your own life. Are there people in your life that you see that are faithful people of God that you're entrusting them with the things God has shown you? Like, like you won't believe what God downloaded into me this morning. Oh my goodness. Can I tell you about it? Can I tell you what God is teaching me? That's like little mini discipleship going on right there. I... I um I think hey Eddie um I think Bethel Bethel you might be able to find it I don't know a Bethel song you probably have to YouTube it I'm so sorry it's the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases go to the Lamentations that's a really sad part of the Bible how many have ever read Lamentations. Probably nobody. Lamentations. Verse 
Did you find it? Never ceases. Yeah. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22, it says this. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And then he goes on to say, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait on him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good to the one that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for man that he bear the yoke in his youth. That enduring is here again. It says, let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. <laughs> this, this whole idea of just sitting alone and waiting on the Lord. This, this is like, this might be like one of my favorite Bible verses in the whole Bible. Um, I, I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember going over to someone's house um, one time to eat dinner and afterwards you know started busting out guitars and instruments and as we were sitting there we we started playing this song right did, did you find that one it might be hard to find yeah a short version of it that's good can you play it we'll see if it's the right one it's worth listening to it's good you can sing with it if you want the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. You know this? His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. I remember going over to somebody's house and uh, sometimes you you know this sometimes you are going through stuff and you just hide it from everybody because you feel like you have to put on a good face and so sometimes you do it because you feel a responsibility to look good and, and not be vulnerable and that's that's no good. And that's why you need to be disciples, so that you can be vulnerable to somebody like, this is what's going on in my heart. Um, but we went over to these people's house, and as we were sitting there playing with the guitars, we started playing this song right here. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And I, I love this verse. I love this song. And, and I went home that night, and I laid down, and I was like, God, that was so good. Thank you. And then we went to camp that week. And we got at camp, and some of you know Pastor Kevin Vogel. And he is really good about reaching in his back pocket and pull out an older song and, and playing it. And as we were standing there in worship, they got to this quiet moment, and all of a sudden he started in. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And there it was again, and my heart was just completely wrecked. I was like, God, you're so good. Thank you. Like, 
You're so good. And then we came to church this Sunday, and this is when Zach Hodgson was here. And uh, I don't know if Zach had ever played that song before in this church. If he had, it had been forever. And I just remember, like, my heart was still in this place where I was, like, like, I was still heavy. Like, I hadn't made it through yet, whatever was going on. And I'd heard this song twice this week already, and it was in my heart. And I remember, I don't remember why I was in the back doing something or whatever, and I needed to go up to the sound booth to tell the sound guy something. And as I walked up the stairs, I was like, God, I just remember walking up these stairs right here and looking down at that ugly blue carpet and just being like, God, I, I can't get over like I can't get over this feeling of just feeling so alone and abandoned. And in my heart, I started to sing that, that song. I was like, and, and no sooner than I had, like, I didn't get the first line out. And all of a sudden, I heard in this room, from right on this stage, I heard Zach Hodgson start playing that. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And I just, I lost it there on those stairs. I just lost it. I was like, great is your faithfulness. Like, is God so faithful that he would just play a silly song? Which is not a silly song. It's an incredible song. Would just play some song to make you feel better? Like, like I don't think I've heard that song three times in the last decade and a half. And there I heard it three times in one week. And, and, and so then we go back to camp the next week. And as we're sitting there, the, the pastor of the week, the evangelist of the week, Mike Johnny, he, uh, he says, I want everyone to turn in their Bible to Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. And I was just like, He is faithful. He is faithful. I know it's just a story about me hearing a song three times in a row in a week and then hearing a sermon on this right here about the faithfulness of God. But can I tell you, it's a story that demonstrates the faithfulness of God and a song that is about the faithfulness of God from a Bible verse that demonstrates the faithfulness of God. And I just want to stand here this morning and I don't know, I don't know all the things we're going through. I don't know all the hardships that you've gone through in your life. All I know is that God is faithful. And even if we remain faithful, the people around you become completely faithless. God is faithful. And He will always be faithful in every situation. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And can I tell you something? I, I, like, sometimes you walk into those restrooms and you see the little footprints poem. And it's like so cliche and so like, like there was footprints in the sand and you know and all the thing and 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 then there was the time when there was only one set of footprints in the sand and why is there only one set of footprints? God, it, it it was the hardest time of my life and He's like that's when I carried you and I know it's so cliche and we've seen it a hundred million times but can I say it's there's there's some truth in that is that God really does he really is faithful and it's not just that he wants us to kind of get by and sneak through life listen we've talked about it i talked about it a few weeks ago in this world you will have troubles right there is hardships james says count it all joy when you face hardships of many kinds like like there's things that are coming there's good and there's bad ahead but no matter what comes up there's only one thing that i know with all certainty is that god is faithful god is faithful and then i don't know if we can play that again will you stand with me and can we just play that again i you probably all closed it out and whatever i know i'm the worst but i'm the worst i should have had the whole worst team learning or something but god is faithful will you just close your eyes for a moment i i kind of agree Go it.
Amen. Amen. And Uh, and I will say, and just so that those who are listening can know, um, $43,000 of medical bills just forgiven. If any one of us just got a check for $43,000, we'd just lose our cool pretty darn quick. So, yeah, yeah, oh my goodness, $43,000 that God is faithful. God is faithful. He is faithful. Come on. Come on, God is faithful this morning. Well, I didn't know that the Razorbacks didn't win. That was like a good job. Like, like if it, I'm gonna, oh my gosh, like, like if I stood here and handed her a check, a giant check for $43,000 from God to her, we would lose our cool. Like, I'm just saying, God is faithful. He is faithful. Has he been faithful in your life? What has he done for you? That's a real question. What has he done for you? Yeah. God is faithful. Yes. I, he is good. He is good. He is good. I, I, I just have this distinct memory. The first time I was ever healed of anything. I don't know, probably before that. But the first time I remember, I remember being sick, like flu-like symptoms. I was in a church. And I remember I was in the back, and I, was, I had to leave Children's Church. And I just felt awful, just awful. And, and a, a bunch of people we were visiting in this church, it was in, it was in Fairland, Oklahoma, and a bunch of people just came back, laid their hands on me, prayed for me, and right then, right then, my fever broke. I just started sweating profusely. I just stood up. I, like, I felt complete. It was night and day in a moment because God is faithful, and He heals God is faithful. We, 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 that, that, that one's good too. We can, we, I, I'm giving you permission. I, we, we used to be a little bit more charismatic and knew how to shout. Maybe I need to preach a sermon on the shout because it's okay to let God know that He is good. We're not shouting because we're just trying to be weird. We're not shouting because of, of just like, let's get excited about something. No, God is He's good. He's better than anything else that we could ever get our hands on. Anything else? You... Yeah. God is faithful. He is faithful. And, and, and not just this week, but for the rest of our lives to... To let this be the song and the cry of our heart that God, you are, you are faithful. Would you just close your eyes for a second? And put your eyes, the eyes of your heart, put them on the Lord. Not on this room, not on all the stuff, or not even on my message that I just tried to preach. Put it on the Lord. Put it on His faithfulness. Put it on his faithfulness. He is good. He is good. He is good. We just lift your hands. Can we just can we just sing?
the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Sing it again, the steadfast. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, oh. feel like this morning we're supposed to be ambassadors and administer the faithfulness of God. Will you come and just do a thing? We don't need it, but I, I feel like some of you this morning, you need to experience the faithfulness of God. That you're walking through something, you're going through something, and you just need some brothers and sisters to, to we'll see, like what we saw in here, to stir you up and love and good works to provoke you to good works this morning whatever it is and so i want i want to make these altars open and if there's something you're like i i need someone to pray with me to agree with me to encourage me i'm going to ask you to come up now so that we can so we can believe the lord with you don't don't let this moment pass you by we're in a holy moment right now we're in a holy moment right now we'll wait we're good at waiting well, we read a verse that said to wait. Jesus. I don't want to let you guys off that easy. If there's someone close by you, just reach over. and If they're okay, if you praying for them, will you reach your hand over there? Ask them if there's anything they need prayer for. Or if they're okay with you praying for them and then... Let's administer the faithfulness of God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.